began yesterday the 15th Perek of Mesilat Isharim, and the Perek begins with the words, Hine HaDerech, this is the path, HaMufchar, the choice path, Liknot Eka Perishut, to acquire Perishut. So we will aim it on the wording of the Mesilai Yisharim, that when one wants to grow in Avodah Hashem, and he wants to perfect his Midot, it's called a Kenyan, something that you buy, something that you acquire. And yesterday we went more Barichas to explain, and one of the basic fundamentals of acquisition is that you're giving something to get something. You're investing. That's what a Kenyan is. Kenyan means you're investing. So, of course, this thing, you're not investing money, but you're investing in working on yourself. Okay? And that's what Chazal tell us, that Hashem gave three great gifts to Klal Yisrael. One of them was Torah. One of them was Eretz Yisrael. And one of them is Olam Haba. The Kulam Nitnu Elabi Yisurim. And the only way you could acquire these gifts is through Yisurim. That means there's always a price you have to pay. And we explained yesterday, Barichas, the Indian, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to come to this world and earn. He wants us to earn our Madregas. That way, these Madregas are ours Be'etzah. They belong to us. They're not just Be'derech Mikre. They're Be'derech Etzah. That way we can be Davak Basham. That was our whole Shmuz yesterday. Today I want to bring out a different attribute of Kinyan. And I think that's a very important Yesoid in Avodah Hashem. Okay, you ready for it? It's very deep. Now you can handle it? 7.30 in the morning? Say that. Now, like this. One basic understanding in Kinyan, when you own something, you're the Bailam on it. Right? You have control over it. You're the Bailam. If somebody owns something, he can sell it, he can lend it out, he can rent it, he can decide when to use it, when not to use it. That's Kenyan, you're a bailer. So this is a very, very important point when it comes to Midot. Midot has to be something that you control, not that it controls you. Let's try to understand that. Let's say a person is compassion, compassionate. He has Rachmanut by nature. He's a nice guy. And he has uh, the Mida of Rachmanus, right? But if he never acquired it, it means it came to him naturally, then what may happen is that this mercy, this feeling, this hergish, may control him to be merciful in a place where he's not allowed to. Like Chazal tell us, Kol al achzarim. A person who has compassion on a person, on another person who is an achzar, you shouldn't have compassion with him. Soifoy, at the end, he's going to be achzar al-rahmanim. He's going to be an achzar on people that he should have compassion on. What does that mean? That means if you have compassion on a person that you're not supposed to have compassion on, that means that you're working with feelings, not with your seichel. 
If your seichel is in charge and decides when to activate the midah and when not to activate the midah, then you're not going to go into the situation where you're going to be merachem al So since you're a person who only works with triggers that trigger off emotions, but not that you activate them as an owner, as if you own your emotions then what's going to happen is that tomorrow you may be in a mood of being an achzer. You may be angry. You may be upset. And then you're not going to have compassion, even though you have that midah, but you also have the midah of achzariyas too. We have contradictory midot in us. And you're going to end up using the wrong midas at the wrong time. So when it's the time to use achzariyas on an achzer, you're going to end up using Rachmanis on an Aqsa. When it's time to use Rachmanis on Rachmanim, you're going to end up using Aqsaris. Because why? You don't control your Midas, your Midas control you. It's a very, very important thing. I remember one time, I was with my Greyse Rebbe, my great rabbi, my Rebbe, with Meir Hershkowitz. You ever heard of him? With Meir Hershkowitz, he should have a Rafur Shalema, he's very sick now, he's in the hospital. From the biggest Talmidim of Rabbi Kotla. Great man, well known in the world, in the Torah world, the Torah giant. So one time I was walking with him on Shabbat. He was actually being pushed on his wheelchair. We had to go to a fundraising. We did a fundraiser for him in Deal. We were walking from Long Branch to Park Avenue Shul. It was a very long walk, and for him it wasn't possible to walk. So we had a goy who was pushing him in a wheelchair. And we were going together in this walk, and I was schmoozing with Rashiva. I was walking alongside the, uh, the wheelchair, and the Rashiva got into this topic about a person has to use his midot, but not that his midot should control and he told me two stories of Rabbi Cutler, which when he told me the stories, it was much, but he didn't want me to say over the stories. So I'm not going to say over the stories. Because it was a story that Rabbi had some beef with some other rabbi who had a different hashkafa than him. And the story was about this interactions between them. So I'm not going to repeat the story because it was mashmoyus from my rabbi. He didn't want me to repeat the stories. But... He did tell me this Yisait. And he also told me a Vilna Goyim. And the Vilna Goyim says about Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu was a great Balchesed. He was the nicest guy you ever met. His house was open on four sides. He did Achlasat Orchim. Great man, right? But yet it says by Avraham Avinu, after... The Akedah, it says, Hashem told him, Atayadati, now I know. Elokim Atta, you fear God. What does that mean? Atayadati, now I know you fear God. So the Vilna Goyen says, because Avram Avinu had to do something that was the opposite of his Midah. It would be almost impossible for any human being to bring his son to the altar. Especially a nice guy like Avram Avinu. And he, my Rebbe threw in also, you see, with Yishmol, when Sarah said to throw him out of the house. 
So a person who has compassion and, and he's nice and he's a good-hearted guy and he can't handle seeing someone in pain or he can't see somebody like that, that's when his hergation control him. He's not going to do things according to the way the Torah wants it. But a person who has all kinds of midas inside of himself, all kinds, and he has to be able to use his midot according to the way the Torah wants him to, that means he's a Adam HaShalem, then he's a, a, a complete person. You got that? And that was Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu wasn't a Balchesed just because he naturally had a feeling to do chesed to people and then he just went with that. He went, he did chesed al piyat Torah. And when it was time to shut that midah down, he shut that midah down. Okay? Even in precious, we're talking about precious, we've been speaking about precious for a nice couple of weeks now. Right? Since the beginning of the Zman. And we learned so much about how important it is for a person to have precious, right? Even precious... Sometimes it's not the time to use it. I'll give you a story. Today's story day. So you can get some idea and some understanding of what I'm trying to say. You ever heard of the great Reb Chaim Shmulevitz? Huh? Chaim Shmulevitz, Roshiva from the Mir, Talmud from Rabbi Ruchum. Big man, big man. So one time, he gave a shir kloli. He gave a shir to the whole yeshiva, big shir, and the whole sugya. Wow, unbelievable, right? And when the Rosh Hashiva, like Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, gives a share, everybody comes around afterwards and they talk to him and they ask him questions and he says over points and everything handles and this and that. So one bocher followed the Rosh Hashiva home. That was the derech. They used to walk to Rosh Hashiva home and he came into his house and it was lunchtime and, he, and the guy was talking to the Rosh Hashiva. So the Rebetzin, Rebetzin Shmulevitz, brought her husband a bowl of soup. And Reb Chaim ate that soup like a Zabal Taive, you know. He swallowed up that soup. And then he told his wife, uh, Rebetzin, if you can bring me another bowl of soup. And then I said, Nocham only ate again, right? I don't know if it was two or three bowls of soup. It was at least two. And he ate it with a geschmack. So he saw that the Bokhar was looking at him a little funny. Chaim Shmulevitz wasn't like us, that, you know, he went to restaurants and pounded his brains out. And on gets excited when there's Mike's chicken for supper. Chaim Shmulevitz is an Adam Parish, Adam Godl, Adam Kaddish, you know. So it looked a little strange that he was like this, right? So what did Chaim Shmulevitz tell the Bacher? He says, he said in Yiddish, but I'll say it to you in English. He said, this soup is my wife's shik lolly. I mean, it's just like when I give a shake lolly, I love that the Aum should be into it and excited about it and ask me about it and I say it again and again. And it, it's, it's, wow, it's unbelievable. That's a gishmakazach, right? He says, my wife's soup is her shake lolly. So if I eat it like a parush, then I, then it looks like I don't have a gishmak in her shake lolly. So if I eat it with a gishmak, and then I ask for another bowl, that's like chazor sashir, so you see over here that precious is not his nature in the sense that it's his nature that it controls him but he activates that nature when the time calls for it and when the time calls for you to activate a different nature the nature of Geshmak and food and you activate that too so let's get the Amkis there we've been saying in the last vat or two that's right, right here. 
We've been saying in the last vod or two that the Ramchal wants us to make precious our nature. Right? We spoke yesterday. It's a Kenyan. You acquire it. It can't be a Mikra. It can't be just a Maisa Ba'alma. Your Metzis has to be that you're Adam Parush. So don't fall into a pitfall. Because when you acquire that nature of being a Parush, maybe your life is going to be ran by your nature and you're not going to have any avoidance. No, 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 no. Part of a Kenyan means you're a Bailam. If you're a Bailam on it, then you use it and activate it as necessary. But when you activate it, it's coming from within. It's not coming from without. This is a very deep point in Avoidus Hashem. Avoidus Hashem is a very deep place because Avoidus Hashem is full with contradictions. Full with contradictions. There's a major piece in the altar from Kelm on this. That a person has to know how to use his midas. Sometimes contradiction in the midas itself. Sometimes a contradiction b'shas maisa. a contradiction. Right? I'm working. I'm doing gestatlis. I'm working. But at the same time, I have this feeling that it's not me that's succeeding. It's Hashem that's succeeding. It's a contradiction in and itself. We live in contradictions because that's our ultimate mashallah. I have betachin. If something happens to me, I have to have betachin. Everything's from Hashem. Everything is good. I can't get busted up. I can't get bent out of shape and all depressed and lost, right? But if something bad is happening to you, chas v'shalom, I can't go over to you and say, betachin! No, 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 no. For you, I have to feel your pain, you know? Ah! And I have to get into the sugya. And I got to do everything in my hands. I got to turn over the whole world to help you. If I'm a parush, Avram Avinu was a parush. It says that in the Medrash and Shir Hashir. Avram Avinu was a big parush. Because Avram Avinu was a philosopher. And Avram Avinu wanted to have clear thinking. And he knew if he's going to be about taiva, you can't have clear thinking. Because taiva makes you think wrong. But yet, when Avram Avinu had guests, he fed them like a baltaiva. He gave each one a massive tongue, you know. He cut up those things. Well, he, he knew how to eat, Avramovin. Oh, he had fashtan in essence. He knew he understood food, you know. He knew how to feed. He didn't eat, but he knew how to feed. So we live in contradictions always in Avodah Hashem. You see it in this week's parasha also. Just Agav, big Yisoyed. It says that Yaakov Avinu put Dina in a box, Right? I have a good Vat Torah to say over at home. It's deep stuff. Based on the Vatim that you're learning. So it's like coming from all sides here. Avram Avinu, I mean Yaakov Avinu put Dina, his daughter, in a box. Why did he put her in a box? Because he didn't want Esav to see her. And say, I'm going to take that girl as a wife. Right? And it says Yaakov Avinu got punished for putting the girl in the box. Because maybe she could have made... Kiruv on her husband, Esav, right? So question, let me ask you a question. If you have a daughter, okay? And there's a big rush on the market, yeah? And it's shy that your daughter can make care of him, but it's shy that she, he can be make care of her, you know? Or he can force her to act in a certain way. You're going to take a risk with your child on the chance that she can be make care of your brother or whatever it is that we're talking about here. It's the wrong thing to put your daughter in the box. How can it be? So the altar says, no, he didn't get punished for putting it in the box. 
He got punished. This is a real famous yeshiva shavuot. Now he got a chap to amkislam. He got punished for banging the nails too hard. What's that? Banging in the nails too hard? So the oimei kadvarim, based on a rabbi ruchim, is the taich he has to put her in the box. And he's doing the right thing, and he's saving his daughter, and he's not allowed to give her to the Russia. But he should feel bad at the same time that he can't do it, because halavai, she should marry her and makarav him. So you see that you have to have a stiva contradiction between your feeling and your action. It's not a black and white. Putting it in the box, that's it. Doing the right thing. Let Asaf go jump off the lake. No, 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 I feel bad for him, I can't help him. Like a him. Can't do it, I'm not allowed to. Right, so that means you're controlling your feelings and your thoughts. So we're bringing it out over here that even if your action, usually your action and your thoughts go together and your feelings, they usually go together. No, I can separate them, I can have them go separate at the same time. Because I own them. You have to own your feelings. And this is very important in a very practical level. I want to talk about it on a more practical level, okay? We all go through life, and we all have triggers. Triggers. You know what triggers are? You do some, you go into a certain situation, and a guy, let's say, says something not nice to you, you know? That's a trigger. You want to trigger off your cars and break every bone in his body, you know? Slowly. It's a trigger. You get triggers all the time, triggers, right? So when your midas are not controlled by your mind, by your seichel, then you're easily triggered. Because you only work with hergation. You're happy when the situation around you makes you happy. You're sad when the situation around you makes you sad. You're angry when the situation makes you angry. You're offensive when the situation makes you offensive. You're content when the situation makes you content. That means you have no control over your midas. You have to be in the right situation at the right time. Everything should be good. But if you're in the wrong situation, bam. That means you have no bailas on your midas. And unfortunately, 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 this is one of the big inyonim. I'm not going to just have to share today on bullying and shtaching and all those kind of things. But this is one of the things like that is that sometimes we see people that are easily triggered. They're very emotional type people. Okay, they're easily triggered or they have not so much control over their emotions. And when they, when their emotions come out, they act like, wow. And sometimes we want to have some fun. So we know their buttons. We live with them. So we'll push buttons to trigger emotions because it's fun to watch how they react. That's mishabit bekaloyin chaveri, like you don't have, uh, or sometimes I'll do it because I want to feel good about myself. So if I make everybody act silly and foolish and and not, you know, mechubad and I'm mechubad, sometimes it comes from a bad mida called that you like to control people. I mean, it's, each one is a shmuz in itself. It's not today shmuz, but I like to control people so I can control your behavior. To make you act the way I want you to act, okay? So we have to understand that this, that, that we get triggered off, and we don't have the seichel, and the bailas on the, on the emotions is a very dangerous thing. I'm gonna tell you two stories, because today I'm in the mood of saying stories, okay? Big stories. And you see a, a big people, how they have control on emotions, 
based on what they have to do. So one story I heard from my Rebbe, Rameir Hershkowitz, like I just mentioned before, Rameir Hershkowitz, he said this story to me, where he said that one time, somebody called Rabaran Kotla, and he was cursing him out, big time. Rabaran Kotla had a shita, and the way he ran Kal Yisrael, and Tari Lashmo, and different things. Rabaran was busy making mahapechas in the American jury in his time. And there was a specific rabbi who didn't like that. And he held Rabban was wrong about something and he was mamish giving it to him over the head on the phone, right? And Rabban sat there patiently and just listened to the phone call as the guy's ripping him away. And the Rebbitson keeps telling him, close the phone. The guy's mamish cursing you out, you know? If the guy starts cursing me out the phone, I close the phone in his face, right? So, Rabban here the entire phone call from beginning to end. And then, when the guy finished talking, goodbye, goodbye, hung up the phone. And Rabban told his wife, it's not Derek Eretz to slam a phone in someone's face. It's not Derek Eretz. And the Rebbe said in Yiddish, he said, I can't be civil, I can't tolerate your patience. It's too much for me, right? But here's a man who has complete control over his emotions, and if the right thing to do is it's not derech to another person to slam a phone in his face, then you'll be civil. The guy's cursing you out, you'll be civil it. You don't go into cast. You don't lose yourself. You don't let him trigger your emotion. Or, if you don't want to get cast, slam the phone so you don't get cast, you know? No, 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 no. It's not derech to do that. That's one story. Second story... I'm not going to tell you the details of the story because I can't. But I'll tell you like this. One time, I was with my Rebbe, different Rebbe. L'havdil ben Chaim l'chaim, Reb Simcha Shustl Zechat Tzadik v'kodesh I was taking a Sudas Yontiv together with my Rebbe and his family. Children, grandchildren. One child with his kids. And I'm having a Sudas Yantiv with them. Beautiful Sudas Yantiv, Simchas Yantiv, good food, singing, the Vetera, you know what the table of great men look like on Yantiv. Alright? Somebody came in and started to make bizionis. I'm not gonna go into this, the whole mice and why and what and where, and that's not relevant for everybody here. But somebody came in there and started to make bizionis out of the Rosh Hashiva and his family. Okay? In a very strong way. Now I'm sitting there at the table. Now we all, you can't act. You can't act or react without first looking at the Rosh Hashiva and see how he wants to act and react. You understand? And I'm watching him and he is as calm as a cucumber. He is as menuchas hanefesh dik as he was before. Simchas yantiv. We don't ruin the simchas yantiv. And we don't have not derech by shutting that person who's obviously in pain and that's why they're screaming. We don't throw them out. But we don't lose the simchas yantiv either. And the Rashiva did not lose his demeanor. Not one iota. 
Nothing triggered him. And when that person left, it was like that person never came. The Zemiris continued as regular. The Zemiris continued as regular as nothing happened. I was young at that time. Probably your age. And I was like, whoa. I never saw something like that in my entire life. Never experienced such a, such a thing like that in my life. To watch people who have complete control over their emotions and they do what the Ratzon Hashem is to do at that time. That's called Bailas. So that's the second Yisoyed that we're learning here. We're going to stop in a second. But that's the second Yisoyed here. We say, the Mesil Sisharim uses the words, Kinyan. Midas is a Kinyan. One part of Kinyan means you have to acquire it, you have to work, you have to invest in it, you have to make it part of you. Can't be a Maisa Mimikra. The second part of Kinyan means you own them. Because a person has to live with Seichel. Seichel has a mahalach. You know what Seichel has a mahalach means? When you live your life according to Seichel, your life has a mahalach. And then you activate your hergeshim as needed. You need emotions. You're not supposed to be a stoic, uh, cold, uh, bal seichel. No, 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 no. You have to have emotions. There was nobody more emotional than Rapsub I'm telling you. I lived with the man. I ate in his house. Many, many, many times, I watched how he did Avodis Hashem. He was a very emotional person. He had a mamish, a balhergish. He was a baltfila. He knew how to move the people, you know. I davened with him Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and many, many davenings with him. Wow, he's a balhergish. So you would think a person balhergish, easily triggered. No, no, no. Lives life with a ma'alach, with seichel. Seichel is menuch sanefesh. It's very important you say it. We have to work on Midas. But once we get the Midas, it has to be with a Mahalach, Api Seichel. We have problems in us. And we have easily triggered for anger, sadness, revenge, whatever it is, you know. We have to have a Mahalach in Seichel to control the triggers. This is a work. Okay, we stop here for today.